0: Bouncy little team that announces the arrival of the Tom Kearney Show on WPTF, and that's AF6A and FM 98.5. I, in fact, am am Tom Kearney, and I'm here every night, Monday through Friday, from 9 to 10 with a little bit of live in real-time radio, a kind of a rarity in these days, but we're here to keep you up to date with what's going on, and uh, tonight uh, we have one of our guests at I always look forward to when Bob Chandler comes to visit us. He's the, one of the, the, proprietor of Mac Vantage. That's, I guess it's sort of Scottish-like. It's Mac, M-A-C. And then you have a capital V, Vantage. And he is a person who specializes in, in, uh, uh, Apple stuff. That's, that's just, just the way to say it. I, I think he got, got his first, uh, a Macintosh computer in 1984 when they were just, just brand new sort of thing, and it's been doing that, that ever since. And back in about 2008, uh, we were doing our computer programs, and he he had written me a letter, and he said, Tom, you've got these these uh, PC guys on there, but why don't you have somebody that uh, knows about the Mac stuff? And I said, good idea, Bob, are you willing to take on the job? And he has, and he's been visiting us. It must be about 13 or 14 years now. Bob, are you there? I'm telling stories on you. Yeah. Um,
1: you, you missed the... the um, my, I've only been using the Mac since 1985. I didn't get the one in
0: 1984. Right, well, you're the kind of guy who would catch me if I missed it by one year. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I'm just pulling your leg I was just, But uh, I always go back and read your... Uh, you have a really nice... Website and I always go back and read it. That's one way I prepare. I know know your story and I know you used to be at the University of Virginia and uh, you were a student there. And uh, but anyway, we've had a lot of interesting programs over the years, and we it's it's sort of morphed into uh, a program where you end up talking about technology in general sometimes, but specifically Apple technology, but not just the Macintosh computers and answering questions about that. And More recently, we've been technologically limited in in being not able to take phone calls, but uh, you've talked about the whole broad uh, uh, form of of Apple products. I I hope that sounds right. And, uh, and, and, (laughs) And you and I were talking about the fact that it had been a while since you'd been here. I think it was actually in before the first of the year, it was the last time we were here. But a lot of some new stuff has come out, and and in reading up and doing a little preparation, more new stuff is coming out, in, including updated iPhones or beyond updated iPhones. Uh, so you're going to be talking, and you, you like Dr. Walden, who is our economist and who was our guest on Monday night. You you call your own tune, and in fact, Dr. Walden always makes me a cheat sheet out about the questions because he knows what ought to be asked and I, I don't think you, we should keep you from our broadcasting audience just because I don't always know exactly what questions to ask. So you get you get to lead the parade here. You're kind of like the, the Pied Piper or the 76 <laughs> Trombones guy. Bob yeah. Shannon is his name. He's the proprietor of McVantage. Bob, uh, I'm, I'm going to suggest that if folks want to get in touch with you or know about you and your, your operation, uh, that they refer to your website. Does that sound all right? Is there anything you want to say beyond that?
1: No, that's great. Uh, yeah, just go to MacVantage and it's got the information. It's got the links in there where people can easily get in touch with us.
0: Well, I think it's always good. I, I don't don't know uh, who would be listening, who might avail themselves of your services. Of course, we never know that. But uh, if if the word is out there, and there someone needs you, your your IT type. Uh, 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 operation, they they will say, I, have, well, I think I heard about this on the Tom Kearney show, and then they can go and look on the website, and it gives them a lead to work with. I wrote down one thing I wanted to ask you about today, and it is the fact that uh, the, the ransomware taking of co- the Colonial Pipeline and stuff, and I figured that doesn't necessarily relate directly to, to Macintosh or anything, but it's something that a guy who knows about technology might could... So let us understand what's going on there. So if you don't mind.
1: Sure. Don't about it. Um, it, it may not relate directly to Apple technology, but it's it certainly related to me trying to get gas the past few days.
0: <laughs> well, the first thing uh, that my um, producer, John, and I talked about tonight was when I last talked to him last night, he didn't have much gas. We were hoping he right. got home, but he found some on the way home. And Mrs. Kearney and I got up yesterday morning and went out and, Looked up on some a place that uh, was a little bit out of the way. It wasn't really out of the way. It's on the main drive, but, it, but anyway, uh, we we got a full tank of gas, so we felt good about ourselves. And so on and I hope you found something.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't had had to get any yet, so uh, uh, I've been driving by a lot of places, and the line's been too long for me. But let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, how how we got into this situation. Um, the uh, Colonial Pipeline, the company that runs that Colonial Pipeline, um, has been attacked by uh, a group of uh, hackers called Darkside. And Darkside, um, they do ransomware, and so that means they take over your network, take and encrypt your data, and then offer to sell it back to you. So they're holding your data for ransom. And Darkside is a very interesting company. Because, well I call them a company whatever they are a hacker group um, because they're trying to act like a legitimate business and so they sell um, the ability to use ransomware to other people so they're like a, they're like a ransomware franchise or something and so they have different groups that uh, rent their ransomware from them to go and attack different companies and also dark side says, that they're ethical hackers because they say that they don't allow their um, ransomware to be used against hospitals and schools and places like that. So, so they're trying to be like, yeah, we're the good guys, but um, actually, they're probably uh, you know tied in with the Russian government, and so their desire is to be able to make money from companies around the world, and the relationship with Russia is probably that Russia doesn't come down on them as long as they don't um, go against any of the Russian assets. And so they're probably not allowed to operate against Russia or any of the companies there. So um, so this dark side company somehow got into the the network there at the Colonial Pipeline. And when they got in, they got into what we call the IT side. So they got into the computer side, not the operations of the pipeline. So it's, it's unlikely that they'd be able to like they'd turn on the valves and spill gasoline everywhere. but like they were able to shut down the business side of uh, colonial pipeline. And so that way that made them have to shut down the pipeline itself. And I'm guessing it probably had probably the ransomware shut down the billing side of colonial pipeline. So they didn't want to be sending out all their uh, all their stuff for free there. It does, okay
0: that's a couple of questions I want to ask we'll have a, if with your permission a small conversation then it sounds like that when push came to shove uh, if 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 the the gas and oil and airline fuel and whatever had to flow it could flow uh, if, if if we just you know cut the link or passed or blocked out the uh, the uh, the uh, business side of the operation it it, it, it does that sound right to you? Some guy could go out there and just turn the knob on, and it would
1: go. It, it seems like that would be possible. Um, you know, with a company that size and all the things that are going on, it's it's really difficult to say how intertwined everything is. And uh-huh. so, I think you know they probably you know probably had some legitimate things of why they couldn't continue to have the the oil and the gas and all that uh, flowing. But it it probably revolved a lot a lot more around the business side and how they build and how they were able to keep track of everything, than the actual flow of uh, flow of uh, gas and oil.
0: Your your assessment or comment on the 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 fact that they call themselves the ethical side uh, rings a bell with me, in that most of the cases that I have heard of, and of course there's lots of stuff that we don't hear about uh, right. of uh, ransom. Uh, where uh, has been directed toward institutions you know uh, c- c- cities and towns you know mm-hmm. and places like yeah. that who had enormous uh, tax records you know property all this good stuff uh, uh, I don't know of any particular town but say Kansas City could have had their records taken over and it would really mess up something that's that's what I have heard about and secondly we are pretty sure then that, that the 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 homeland of this is is what is, is Russia. Well, you started to say the Soviet Union, but that happened. That ended about thirty years ago. Today. Right. Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, mm. I can remember. Uh, I used. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It, it seems like this the hacker group Dark Side, that they are located in Russia and um, maybe maybe more of the old Soviet Union countries right around there. But that uh, it, it seems pretty clear that they have some ties to Russia.
0: Would there be any way uh, that one could cut the cord, so to speak, to those people? You know, uh, without bothering whether whether the Russians liked it or not. You know, because uh, yeah, you said they don't they don't come down on them, but maybe externally we could come down on them.
1: Um, The trick would be um, would be finding them. Um, You know, that's I'm sure that's what the FBI and the CIA and all those groups are are doing right now, but the way that the internet works is, you know, it's very distributed, and so people, in essence, people aren't just in one place on the internet, so it's not like you could go to, you know, go to the house and, and pull their internet cord out or something, because they can work from servers in different locations, so they may have some in Russia, they may have some in different parts of the world, but they could, you know, they could run their operations through different places. And so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you ever see that. You remember those old James Bond movies where you know, they're trying to trace some call or something, and they say, oh, he's bouncing it off of satellites here and there. Oh, so yeah. In essence, yeah. that's what you can do with the Internet. Well, the, modern, can...
0: the modern version of that that I have, uh, where I know where I know is I'm, I have been a fan of NCIS. you know, and they, mm-hmm. they would have these uh, cases where, they were trying to find somebody. And they were, like you said, bouncing it off of somebody in Estonia, and who were getting it from Thailand, and and and, and all kinds of uh, bounces off the wall, so to speak, so that it was Im- virtually impossible to find out the source of anything. And uh, That's and, right. and, yeah. and then it, at some point, the whole system goes kablooey, and 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 it, it, everything goes dark. Uh, I've been watching right. too much television. You can tell that, but but. It, <laughs> But I, I suspect a lot of what we know about that kind of stuff. The only thing I worry about is, uh, you know, I don't want to be, I have to I've become wary of believing everything that I see these days because it's not necessarily true. Well, I, I have heard that they've started uh, cranking things back up, so we, we may, uh, we may they may get it fixed uh, workably so by this weekend, as they said, after all. But who knows?
1: Mm-hmm. So that's kind of those things that, Restarting the pipeline is not, you know, just kind of okay. Now we can throw the switch on it, but I imagine they have to, you know, get things flowing again and you know make sure everything's all set to to get going. So it sounds like it'll take a couple of days for them to really get get up and running.
0: Yeah, I I read something one time about how the fuel flows in those pipelines, and then we're going to take a break here and, and go on to something else. But uh, where they use kind of markers between, they you know use different levels of flow yeah you, you know, for fuel. In a particular mm-hmm. day, different different companies, airlines, you know, uh, uh, home heating oil is mixed in, not mixed in with the gasoline, but flowing through the same pipes. And they put water or something in between them to mark where one begins and the other end. Or I'm mm-hmm. not sure exactly where how they did that, but it uh, there isn't a separate pipeline for every different kind of fuel and so on. And I would, thought it was kind of interesting that people in Selma and Smithfield were having trouble buying gas because that's where the local tank farm is and uh, uh, okay. That's where, that's where the, if the gas that we buy here, uh, that's where it, where the Colonial Pipeline comes to in this this part of the world. I, mm-hmm. I remember when I was young, they they built that tank farm about 1960, and before that, the gasoline for eastern North Carolina came into Wilmington on ships from Texas and so on. It's, uh, it was kind of late getting getting a pipeline because the pipelines tended to run north to the northeast because they could sell more more fuel and more natural gas and so on. So anyway, Bob Chandler helps us understand what's going on with something that is bothersome if nothing else uh, and that is the, the uh, closing down of the pipeline and the fact that uh, we have to stand in line or, or, or sit in line to wait to buy gas again it takes me back to 1973 which was the that's really big time we had to do this. We're talking about uh, technology and computers tonight with our, uh, with our Apple guy, uh, Bob Chandler of Mike MacVantage, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Uh, every night, Monday through Friday, uh, and a little bit of live and in real-time radio, and our guest tonight is Mr. Bob Chandler of Mike MacVantage, and he's uh, helped us understand how... Uh, hackers, uh, ransomware people, and the, the, that translates into uh, they intervene in your life and hold your stuff ransom until you give them some cash and then they, they sell your stuff back to you. But anyway, how, how it happened to uh, Colonial Pipelines and led us to be sitting in lines waiting to get gasoline. And, but Bob, it's perhaps time to go on to something else now, and uh, uh, where do we go from here? What's, what's on your, on your list at this point?
1: Let's see, um, uh, uh, the colonial pipeline uh, pipe was kind of the bad news. Uh, I want to talk about some good news, and uh, you've probably heard about this, is that uh, Apple has a new uh, headquarters coming to Raleigh. No, no, no lie. Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. You,
0: I realize I'm pulling your leg because for about three days, you you, you could, didn't have to turn the TV on to to find that out, you know. But it it's was and the radio and, and the news is what I'm saying. And, of course, we were glad that it was going to happen. Talk to us about that. What's, what, what is it going to be research and development? Is it going to be production? What is it going to be?
1: Yeah, it's looking like it'll be uh, research and development. They don't do too much production here in the United States, but this, uh, this new one sounds like it's going to be research and development. Uh, I'm sure you also heard that the uh, they said the, the median salary is going to be $187,000 a year. And so, uh, that's 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 not a bad chunk of change for uh, for getting a, about, what do they say, 1,000 a, a new jobs here?
0: Well, I can, you know, they haven't released the new census figures yet. You know, they've taken the census, and I think they've got them, and they just haven't released them yet. But they're going to be out of date pretty quickly, because when, when folks find out that you started, you know, like 180,000 or with the basic job,
1: yeah.
0: they're going to come. They're going to be here. We're going to have to build some new roads, for sure.
1: That's right. And so... Um, Apple, you know, they're they're doing a whole lot in terms of their research and development now. They've got their the new uh, custom chips that they're doing, the Apple Silicon, and so I don't know if they'll be doing some of the design of that here, um, or if they're just going to be doing you know, general R and D. But uh, you know, Apple's always coming up with new things, and they've been big on um, what they call machine learning, where the computer starts to learn things to be able to help you out. Um, uh, just uh, one one real simple example of that is, um, you know, I have this calendar on my computer and, it, you know, I, I put different appointments on there and then I get reminders about things that are going to happen. And so, you know, I go to church every Sunday, but I don't put that on the calendar because I know I'm going to do that. But my calendar will pop up and remind me uh, that I should be going to church at, at you know, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, wherever I usually go, because they start to learn that, you know, each, each week I go to this certain location um, at this particular time. So it learns, you know, so I don't even have to put that on the calendar, but it'll remind me. So Apple's been doing a lot with that in terms of, you know, how can the computer help us to, you know, figure out what's going on and suggest things or be able to uh, make appointments for us.
0: I read a novel, that and it actually interviewed the author about five or eight years ago, somewhere in there, Uh uh, where we had gotten far enough to in things that the, the the phones or the handheld devices had taken over the language, and but, but but they were doing it to help guys out. Like if you went to your bar and you usually got a uh, whatever uh, a, a gimlet or something, uh-huh. and you go in, your your machine would talk to their machine, and your gimlet would be ready for you when you got there. It's, so, it's
1: getting close to that.
0: <laughs> it definitely is. It, is. it is. I guess it's beginning to worry me just a little bit uh, that, that, that that, that in fact, is, is the case. But uh, machine learning, I've, I've learned a, a new term that uh, for that. By the way, uh, we're, I'm going to vamp here for about 30 seconds because we're coming up on the news. But something I read on your website, uh, and you may want to follow this for later if you're willing to do it, uh, you mentioned that one of the interesting things you had done is you had met, I think, Steve Wozniak somewhere. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. Yep, Do you mind talking right. about that to our listeners
1: sometime tonight? Oh, no, that would be fine. Yeah, we can talk about I that. Think
0: that. I think that would be good. We'd get a sense of one of the founders of, of Apple. But we need to stop right now and check the news. 9.33 at WPTF, Tom Carney. On a Wednesday night, I believe it's May the 12th seems like this is somebody's birthday that I know, but I can't remember right now. But it is also a day in which we can promo what's coming up. Next, tomorrow night, we're going to talk about the weather. Uh, Nick Petro, who's with the National Weather Service, he's the warning coordination uh, meteorologist. And uh, the warnings that we're interested in here, it's about to become hurricane season. June 1st through uh, November 30th this is the official date, but it you really don't have to get to June 1st to have a a springtime storm, but in any event uh, the prediction at this point, this year, is that it will be a very active year, perhaps more active than last year. Now, we looked up on North Carolina last year because most of the heavy action was in the Gulf of Mexico and Louisiana and Texas and places like that, but we do need to be aware, and that's what we're going to be talking about with Nick tomorrow night, so I hope you will tune in for that, and Friday night will be Friday night trivia night. Tonight, uh, Bob Chandler of Uh, Make Vantage, uh and, I, and again, I refer you. If you would say, "Who is that guy?" You know, maybe I'd like to get in touch with him. We will refer you to his website, and it's M A C, and then a big V. I guess you'd have to go uppercase. Maybe you wouldn't, but it's Make Vantage, uh, uh along the way, and you can find out about all the the assistance and IT kind of things, uh, the operation of. Computer systems that you can do with particular interest in in uh, Apple products and so on. And that's what Bob talks to us about. We used to talk just about Macintosh computers, but we've, we've enlarged the field tonight. And uh, 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 Bob, are you still there?
1: Yeah, I'm still there with you.
0: Are you ready to go to the next item on the list, or, or did you finish what you were talking about before?
1: Yeah, I think yeah, we finished up on the uh, Apple location there. So, did, did you want to talk about the uh, Steve Wozniak thing tonight?
0: We, if, if you're willing to, I just thought it would be interesting because these are uh, he and his compatriot, uh, Mr. Jobs, who is no longer with us. I mean, uh, have inspired a lot of interest in, and I know uh, one of my favorite biographers, and I can't think of his name right now, uh, uh, has written a biography of, of Steve Jobs and so on. That it's supposed to be mm-hmm. very good. You may know who I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, uh,
1: yeah I read, it, about, it, read, read, read about three of the biographies on Steve Jobs so <laughs> okay
0: can't and, remember uh, which can't remember which one now but I, this guy who I'm thinking about he's just written a book about uh, some of the discoveries that have to do with uh, editing uh, genes and so on so uh, yeah. and,
1: and is it Isaacson Walter Isaacson Isaac.
0: yes Walter Isaacson that's who it is and yeah. he's a he's a good writer and he's Smart enough that he understands a little bit of the science. Probably his strength is 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 the writer because that has been his career. But uh, but he he's explained Leonardo and Albert Einstein and Ben Franklin and other people to us. And and he's won a couple of uh, Pulitzer prizes. But in any event, I thought uh, I just was reading your website and and I think you had said that that was one of the interesting things that you had done. One of the things that you were glad had happened to you. So. Well, yeah. well, if you're willing to talk about it, that would that
1: would be good. Oh, certainly. So, uh, as as you're saying, uh, Steve Wozniak is one of the co-founders of Apple, and he was more the he was the real hardware genius. He really was able to uh, to put the computers together and everything. And Steve Jobs uh, uh, was was pretty good on technology. He was you know the marketing guy for things. But Wozniak um, uh, he was he was very interesting. But after he retired from Apple um, he was actually in a plane crash and he um, ended up for a while he was he had uh, he couldn't remember anything and he had to kind of work his way back. So after the plane crash he didn't really do too much technical after that but um, I, I met him when he was uh, this was probably in the early 90s I was teaching computer seminars around the country for a company called Mac Academy. And what Wozniak did is he did a lot of public service kind of stuff. So he decided to um, give his son's fourth grade class, give everybody there a computer, a laptop computer. And, of course, it was an Apple computer. And he said, he thought to himself, well, it's great if I give them these computers, but if the teachers and the students don't know how to use the computers, you know, they're just going to kind of, you know, they'll just play games on them or whatever. So he brought his son's entire fourth grade class with the teachers to one of our Mac Academy seminars, and so they were with us for two days. And so I'd be teaching a class, and in the class there would be um, you know thirty fourth graders, thirty businessmen, and the guy that invented the personal computer. <laughs> and so, uh, so that was my class I had to teach that day, and uh, it was it was kind of interesting. Uh, Teaching uh, advanced Mac to Steve Wozniak, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much he picked up from the class, but the uh, hopefully the fourth graders were able to learn some things there. And so I got to I got to talk with him a few times. And uh, one of the instructors that I worked with with Mac Academy, she became good friends with him. And he ended up um, working on a on a school in Serbia with one of the NBA players. And she ended up going over and helping to train the teachers in Serbia um, on how to use the MAC so that uh, the donations that Wozniak had given them would be put to good use.
0: I remember reading somewhere, uh, one of the guys, it was either, I can never, I I need to read the the Walter Isaacs biography, uh, and it's on my list. But uh, uh, either Wozniak or Jobs, and I can't remember which one, used to go visit uh, one of the Hewlett-Packard guys in his garage. Do you do you, do you know that story?
1: Well, it was actually, I think it was both the guys. Um, and Wozniak actually worked for Hewlett-Packard for a while. Um, and he was working for Hewlett-Packard when Jobs, you know, and he started Apple. And um, his wife really discouraged him from going with Jobs to start Apple. And um, so the, the, the end of that story is, well, he went, you know, went to Apple and made all kinds of money, and he doesn't have that wife anymore. So um, <laughs> that, that that part didn't work out. That's, That's how that. it works.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I, what I remember is that uh, whoever it was, it was Hewlett or Packard. I can't remember which one gave him a bunch of stuff that you know he wasn't using anymore, and he got to to build something out of it or play with it or whatever. And it was a, a literal garage operation at, at that point for them.
1: Yep. Yeah. So what, what happened is Steve Jobs. Um, Needed some computer parts one time. And so he just looked in the phone book, and, and I can't remember whether it was or Packard, but they were just listed right in the phone book there. And so Steve just called him on the phone and said, Hey, I need some, you know, I've been working on this project and I need some parts. And the guy said, Well, come on over. I got some in the garage. And he gave uh, Steve Jobs some of the first computer parts that he had. I used to be
0: fascinated, fascinated when I was in school. By the advertisements in Scientific American, I was always a real reader of it, and there were a lot mm-hmm. of different tech, you know, embryonic tech companies, and the only one that's uh, like Wang and so on, but the only the uh, only one that's still around that was in advertising in scientific uh, Scientific American then is Hewlett Packard. Uh, the others yeah. have been absorbed or gone out of business or whatever. So,
1: uh, yeah, and uh, Steve Wozniak is also the guy. Um, who invented the game Breakout. Um, I don't know if you ever played that on an Atari system, but um, uh, Steve Jobs had gotten a contract to do it, and he wasn't able to figure it out, so he brought Wozniak in, and he actually uh, told Wo- he lied to Wozniak about how much money he was going to make from it, and so he kind of ripped Wozniak off on it, but Wozniak was on the, the, the game Breakout. That was one of the first things they did together.
0: Well, the game... It would be interesting to to be able to trace the influence of the gaming part of computers and, and in terms of teaching and popularizing computers with people. Uh, do you have any mm-hmm. sense of that? Well,
1: yeah, I think um, for a lot of people, that was their entry into computers was that you know playing a game on there, and especially for a lot of kids. And then you know once you get once you used to how a computer works and how things you know how you install things and and you know, get comfortable with one program, then those things can easily lead over into other programs. And so I think it, you know, it made a generation that, like, some of uh, even my mom's age and, and the older generation, they kind of feared computers. But the kids never feared them because they thought they were fun, because they were playing the games on them.
0: And you, you could have said, Tom, your age, because I'm probably about <laughs> your mom's age. But I, I know I that's that's exactly. Right. I think com- getting into computers is kind of like getting it, learning to swim. You know, it's good to start it when you. I used to have to get my godson to set my Casio watch for me. For instance, I could could never even do right. that. And That was, of course, something very simple. But if you get into it early, we used to have a young guy who worked at the radio station who did not know much, but he knew his computers. He could do just about anything with a computer. But he. Sort of lived in that that particular world? And he, he he one night he stopped me and he asked me what a uh, old, uh, place where they serve beer, uh, uh, a bar was. And he, he said, <laughs> I said he was nineteen years, he just graduated from high school. And, and of course, by the time I was out of high school, I knew what a bar was. But of course, I couldn't right. make my computer work. I couldn't even make my well, they, they didn't have a computer stand. As a matter of fact, Bob. Reload your gun here uh, in terms okay. of talking maybe about uh, the, some of the things that are coming from, from, uh, from uh, Apple in the rest of the year. You, they're going to have a, a, a new uh, smartphone and some watches and things like that, whichever you'd like to talk about. We're fast coming to the last quarter of our program. Time flies, but we need to take okay. a break, and you're on when it comes back, okay? All All right. Green onions have returned, and that means it's time for the last quarter of our programming. We're here, as I said, every night, Monday through Friday from 9 until 10. Tonight, uh, Bob Chandler of McVantage, a yeah, good website. Go look at it, and they'll tell you all about what Bob and his colleagues do in terms of uh, computers. Bob has come to us many years ago as uh, a knowledgeable person about uh, Macs, Macintosh computers, and, and he now is our general I hate to burden him with this, but expert on Apple products. And uh, Apple is putting out a lot of new stuff this year. I read about that today, and maybe he will comment on some of the things they're going to have. And and another thing, Bob, I was going to ask you about, I heard a news item
1: that the world was a little bit short of chips. Does that include Apple? Um, Yes, there's been a little bit of chip shortage. um, (laughs) Some people have accused Apple of starting it because they've been uh, investing heavily in some suppliers been trying to almost corner the market on things so um but yeah, you know, there has been with COVID, all the supply lines have gotten messed up and so i think part of it is that and then part of it is just that the demand has increased because you know now everything has a microprocessor in it you know your car your microwave your watch well not your watch but uh most people's watches you know <laughs> they're starting to have uh microprocessors in them so uh so yeah apple is they may have to delay some things because of that, but you know, if if anybody's getting chips, it's probably going to be you know Apple and you know Lenovo and those kind of companies. So.
0: Well, there was a question on Jeopardy tonight, and it was about that. I think it's the five-tone thing that that Intel uses, you know, to to end their little punch-up, you know, for Intel products, uh-huh. Intel inside. Somebody, right. somebody actually wrote that back in 1993, and that was the question on Jeopardy this evening. So that's what uh, okay. think about the chips. Now <laughs> I don't have a chip in my washcloth yet, but who knows?
1: Right, right. Um, so, so, Tom, you were talking about some of the new things Apple has. Um, they actually introduced a, a, a very interesting new product um, just uh, a couple weeks ago called AirTags. Have you heard of that one yet, Tom? Uh, Only because I read about it
0: today, but is is,
1: is it it like AirBuds and stuff like that? So what an AirTag is, is um, a little small disk that you can put, like uh, you can get a a thing to put with your keys, or you could put it with your luggage or something like that. And what you can do is you can then track that that thing and be able to find it if it gets lost. So let's say you put one on your keys, then you end up, you know, you walk out of the restaurant and you leave your keys there. And then, you know, on, you're trying to figure out where your keys are. So you can uh, look at your iPhone, and there's an app on there called Find My. And you can use it to find your computer. You can use it to find uh, different Apple things. But now you can use it to find these air tags and be able to locate whatever it is that you've misplaced. Good. And and it's, it's, we've been doing it yeah.
0: for dogs for years,
1: I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so now these little tags will fit on, you know, just about anything. And, um, they've got some really neat features. Um, one is, um, you know, if you lose something in your house, it's very precise in how it can locate it. And they have a way of just kind of leading you right to the, right to the location of the device. Or if you know, you, uh, you lose something in the city, then maybe they can get you back to the, you know, the the address where it is or the, the place where you lost it. And, um, Let's say you let's say you've got some luggage that gets lost, and you're, you're supposed to go to uh, you know, you're supposed to go to Washington D.C. and your luggage goes out to Washington State. Well, what happens is the AirTag can get out of range of your particular iPhone, but what it will do is when it comes in range of anybody's iPhone, it will use their connection to send its location back to you. So that way, you don't have to have you know, it doesn't have to connect to a satellite or something. It just has to have somebody with an iPhone walk by it, and then it can use their connection and send the location back over to you. It was the word you used flirtation? Uh, location. Location. Okay, <laughs> I thought that, <laughs> <location>. that's an <laughs> interesting use of the word. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, Fred, and you know, of course, in the Apple way, you know, each of these air tags costs twenty-nine dollars. So you have to have something that's worth more than $29 to to put it on. Um, But then they also have, like, a special luggage tag that you can get to put the air tag in and attach it to your luggage. And there's a designer, I I guess you pronounce it Hermes, I'd call it Hermes, but uh, I think in the French it's Hermes. And they have a luggage tag to carry that air tag that costs $450. So I'm sure that'll be on Mrs. Kearney's uh, Christmas list next year. (laughs) Uh, too much money, too much money. But <laughs> to, to the
0: next item. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you see, the, the new Apple phone that I was hearing, I, I, I listen to a lot of news and pick up items and don't always get to go back and reference things to find out exactly what's going on. But that it's going
1: to have a bigger screen when it comes out?
0: Uh,
1: well, they're that- all kinds of things with the new phone. Um, Apple usually introduces the phones in October. Right. So, or September, October time frame. So everything now is kind of speculation. Um, for the following year's iPhone they're talking about maybe having one with a folding screen. Oh, so something you, you know, you have a you have a, a normal size phone and then you can open it up and then you've got a double sized screen. And they're talking about that coming up. Um, in October, I don't think they're talking too much about making the screen that much larger, but they they've got some improvements on the on the camera and and of course, it's going to be you know faster than the current one, and so you know we'll have to have to run out and buy that one.
0: I, I in reading about that, I, uh, something that was supposed to appear on, in this device was a, a bigger or different notch, you know, and I have no idea what that refers to. Do you do you know what if that? We,
1: I, actually, in the, in the in the notch, the notch is going to be smaller. Okay, <laughs> okay. got the, the top of the camera, I had a fifty-fifty chance of getting it right. Yeah, at the top of the screen on an iPhone, there's a there's a black area across the top of the screen, and that area contains um, the um, your speaker um, so that you can you know, put it up to your ear and be able to hear it. And then it also has the uh, front-facing camera in that. And so they're talking about being able to do some things technologically to reduce the size of that notch so you see more information up at the very top of the screen.
0: Well, Bob, we need to go. Thank you so much. I will call you back in in a few minutes off the air, but thanks a lot for being with us tonight. Talking about Apple products with Bob Chandler of MacVantage.